This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Another episode of Nobody Likes Casey McLean is underway. This is Casey McLean, your host. Uh, support this podcast, if you would, by telling a friend, a loved one, a coworker. If you're listening right now, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. We're going to be on Amazon soon. Uh, do us that favor. Go to all those pl- Subscribe on all of them. Download it on all of them. Um. Another way to support this podcast, like I said, is to share it with your friends. We also have a Patreon. I've got some ideas brewing for what might make some fun Patreon content, including please uh, email nobodylikescaseymcclain at gmail.com with any questions, any uh, anything you'd like answered, any allegations you'd like to make. I'm willing to answer for those also. Uh, and then if you want to support me, if you want to see stand-up dates of mine, go to thecasymcclain.com slash calendar. Also, huge announcement. Me and two-time Nobody Likes Casey McClain podcast guest Gabriel Rutledge are going on tour, baby. Uh, and by on tour, I don't mean like we're going to be away from our families for months and months because that's like it feels impossible that something like that could even happen in 2020. What it means is as places open up around the Northwest... And uh, we're willing to be a little bit liberal in our definition of <laughs> of the Northwest. But as places open up that want comedy, we're going to bring it to them if they'll let us. Uh, right now, we have two weekends scheduled. One, December 4th and 5th in Boise, Idaho at the Lounge at the End of the Universe. Uh, check out my... Twitter page. My pinned tweet should be the promo video we made. Uh, it's socially distanced, limited capacity, so they can maintain social distancing. So make sure you get your your uh, your tickets ASAP. We'll have some tour shirts. We'll have personal merch. It's going to be a really fun time. And if you're in Grants Pass, Cave Junction, or anywhere in Southern Oregon, we will be at. Uh, the, what is it? The third, I can look at my own calendar here. I should have this up. Why, why don't I have this up? Um, we will be at the wild river pub in cave junction on January 21st. And on the 22nd and 23rd, we'll be at the one in grants pass, Oregon. There might be a Sunday date in there, but it relies on us, uh, selling out. And then, there's no more presently, no more. Uh, that's the Northwest AF Comedy Tour. Check out northwestafcomedytour.com. Uh, Northwest is fuck if you're if you're uninitiated and don't know what that means. And if you want to just see if you want to just see me, if you hate Gabriel Rutledge, which I don't think you should, the best comic in the Northwest, one of the best comics working today. But if you if you don't want to see him and you live in Appleton, Wisconsin. I'll be there uh, January 28th through 30th. And if you live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, I'll be there February, sorry, March uh, 4th through 6th with Jessica Curson. 
Sean Patton in in Wisconsin, which is two comics that I'm thrilled to work with. So so check that stuff out. Um, and then today's guest is Monica Nevy. Monica Nevy is the first comic. We talk about this on the podcast, but she's the first comic, uh, one of the first comics I ever saw at Tacoma Comedy Club. I have a message that I sent to Tacoma Comedy Club from back then asking who the, the second comic on the show was. It happened to be Monica Nevy. This has to be something like eight years ago we talked about on the on the podcast. Um, Monica's fantastic. Most importantly, she has an album coming out called Mostly Finger Guns on... What date, of, what date is it? It's Friday, but it is Friday, October 30th. Mostly Finger Guns, available wherever you get podcasts. It's really important to comedians for their... Their pre-sale, which by the way, it's available for it's available for pre-sale right now. But the pre-sale numbers and sales in those first couple days really give them a chance to have their album reach number one on the iTunes charts, which is a lifetime credit for comics. So Monica's hilarious. I've seen her working versions of this hour for literally now like nine years. Um and this album is going to be fantastic. I have no doubt about that. Also, uh, she has a podcast called the Hug Life Podcast with a mutual friend of ours named Mike Coletta. She has a documentary series on Amazon called 80 for 80. And she has another album coming out, a meditation album. And so keep your eye out for that. Follow her at Monica Nevy across all social media platforms to see what's coming out. We got a little crazy on this one. We talked politics. I realized partway through when we got slightly political and we were talking about Kanye West that this is going to be the last podcast I release before the election, which feels crazy because I still can't bring my mind to believe anything short of the election is a million years from now. It's on uh, November 3rd, I think. Crazy. This year is simultaneously dragging and flying by. I can't believe that it's almost November, and I also can't believe that uh, it's felt like 15 years. So, all right. um, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Monica, and I will talk to you a little bit more after our conversation. You guys are uh, moving to a new place. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, we got a house uh, renting still, but two bedrooms, cute craftsman with a porch and a swing on it and everything. And uh, yeah, in the next week or two, we should move over there. So that's awesome. Is it, can I ask the neighborhood in Tacoma? Yeah. I can bleep it if you want me to. So um, maybe like six blocks. So it's, it's, um, close to stuff because she works on um maybe this is too much information i don't know i don't want people yeah let me we'll just actually i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna ask very specific questions and then not include this in the podcast Uh, okay cool (laughs) what's the cross street what's the cross street we live on uh 
Um, oh, okay. Is it oh, the- wait. You guys live super close to the right? Yeah, like less than a block yeah. away from pretty sure we could walk to your house yeah it's like very close to that yeah we go um yeah, i'm south- thinking of all the smoked meats and i didn't oh i didn't oh, yeah. even, I forgot you guys were so you close. don't want the smoked meats <laughs> this is <laughs> maybe i'm bleeping part of this out because you the, i we've had the conversation on the last time you and i did a podcast together about how we tr- I, I tried to take you and cameron bazooka to a barbecue place in richland washington and you <laughs> obviously hated it no, a, like, no you like absolutely that. obviously hated it <laughs> There is no. Yeah, it. I like barbecue. I'm just okay. I remember being like more excited about the pickles, but still, I. <laughs> um. I didn't even all right. Well, it. I'm going to be creative because I, I I need your fraud, your barbecue fraud, to be on this podcast. So I'll bleep. <laughs> I'll bleep it creatively, okay. because yeah, the. You know what's funny too? I was thinking about this today. Um, thinking about this conversation. So you. Cameron and I went to Richland, uh, mm-hmm. one of the most fun times I've had doing comedy still. Oh, wow. Okay. We, uh, well, I mean, f- it's been nine months, so it's all memories. We're all like, since I've yeah, yeah, I guess so. been doing comedy on a regular basis. So it's like, uh, anyways, we sat at a diner mm-hmm. and you and Cameron asked me questions about like marriage. <laughs> Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. So... Uh, I, I saw Cameron at Scott Lossie's wedding. Wait, was he married? He uh, wasn't married. He wasn't, he wasn't married. married. Okay. This is so, a very yeah, key part. I think part they to... were like legit questions. That's so yeah. Funny. For yeah. So so uh, I um I ran into him and his wife at Scott Lossie's wedding. Sorry if you didn't get invited. I'm sorry if that's if you're just I finding was, out. It's a very last minute invite thing. I was living in L.A. at the time. Janelle and I were at a bar, and she was like, "I mean, you can come if you want." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I got mine months and months in advance, but uh, <laughs> uh, his wife, Cameron's wife, now wife, uh, at that wedding was like, Cameron talked about the conversation you had in Richland, and it's like, I think that's what made him propose. Like, and maybe I'm like paraphrasing, being slightly apocryphal. No, that's a fair point because him and I had talked about it before. Like, you know, are, would you, are, do you want to marry her kind of thing? And then the next thing I know, it's like all over Facebook, they're engaged. And I was like, dude, you didn't even tell me. Like we <laughs> we're best friends. We've talked about this. And he's like, I know I panicked. I don't know. Like that was his answer. I never thought oh, about funny. the fact that we had that conversation right before, but yeah, it was us just like grilling you about being like, what's being married? Like what happened? Yeah. How did you ask her? What is, and, and you kind of got a bit out of it. I mean, like you, said that to us just in conversation and we were both like you should probably make that a bit <laughs> which oh, I, what did I, what did... we asked you what the difference between because you guys had already lived together and been together for a long time we were like so what is the difference between not being married and being married and you said it's just that she doesn't ask me when i'm going to propose anymore and we oh, were like fuck, that's, that's funny good. right we were like that's a good bit and so I definitely never use that on stage but i'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use that on stage that's, i feel like that... you say, like now she doesn't ask me when we're gonna get married anymore but oh, uh, yeah yeah that's i do remember that just sitting there and you know it's, it's well so the, so she was like giving like you know like singing my praises at the lossy wedding and then i oh, saw cameron? her yeah, cameron's wife was yeah yeah cameron's wife um don't remember Cameron's wife's name. That's probably fine that I don't remember it for the sake yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> uh, 
say that. I've already said that. And actually, now I don't feel, especially I'm not going to feel bad when I tell you the end of the story, which is I saw her at Tacoma Comedy Club and I was like, hey, good to see you again. It's been a while. Uh, Seems like you guys are doing well. And she's like, who are you? (laughs) I don't think I've ever met you before. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. Well, remember at the Lassie wedding? And she's like, I I have no recollection of this. I do. That's what I love about her. She's very blunt. She'll be like, hmm. Um, and now you're in a committed relationship you're a a, a, i actually think you you have a joke now that you say you have stepdad energy which is like i'm ready to make jokes about it too it's stepdad energy but uh, it's funny because i joke about it being like that's just how i am but i am Mm -hmm. like legit stepdad at this point i know you've your life is like uh you're like in a whole thing yeah it's like completely different i mean my days are filled with facilitating remote learning for mm-hmm. second grade you know it's, uh, you've really like, picked the right year to become a parent you know it was exactly <laughs> the right time <laughs> oh, yeah. it's quickly but i mean i uh i really it's weird i'm like very competitive i'm sure mm-hmm. you know that and so now i like want to be the best like remote learning parent you know, like <laughs> wanting him to be the best in class and stuff and it's so that's funny. i mean i know your daughter's very very young so you don't have this experience but oh boy hold on i love that you're gonna you're gonna tell me about like you're gonna yeah, give me yeah, I'm, no, i actually believe good, this is true i've got a good seven months of parenting under my belt so i am ready <laughs> to give you advice um, no i think it's like the reason our parents aren't at school with us is so they don't have to listen. To, it's like cringy to listen to these kids, oh, yeah. like talk, answer questions and talk to each other and like, just be like, Oh oh no, it's uh, yeah. I'm glad my parents never had to listen. <laughs> yeah. I was very quiet in class, but yeah, I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> the best answers. Well, and I think you were completely like you were single back then, right? Um, I mean, we've been together for a year and a half, almost two years but I wasn't really involved in, I was just like a cool friend to hang out with, you know, as far as the child thing went. So that switched. I'm the mean one now, but, but I meant in Richland when we were in Richland. Oh we were... yeah. 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 Cause that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah. I still had, it was just funny because I think I was just so I was ready for some type of relationship, which maybe you drew it being married what's different you know like i as he was asking those questions i was like those are good questions <laughs> what did Casey tell us what is her- <laughs> um are, are we uh so the other thing i think that i know your partner do you use partner mm-hmm. do you say partner i think we say partner a lot but i say girlfriend i say okay love of my life sugar bear i don't know whatever you want to call her i it's that's a very <laughs> sensitive that's a very sensitive thing um uh, my I, um i have a friend that's uh extremely liberal and his the he's in a this is how liberal he is he's in a uh true civil union with a woman oh really yeah they're they have two they have two children together they own a house together in a civil union and they're not like legally married or whatever. They didn't get married, but they're just. Yeah. Um, yeah and they say, they say partner, yeah. which I'm like old enough that when I see a guy say my partner, my just, even he's my friend. He's like literally my best friend. And I just go, oh, wait, he's not dating a guy. 
right? Like that's my first reaction. So it's like, it's tough. That's so funny because I had heard, and of course it's a comedian from Portland, Ian Carmel. It was years and years ago where he was kind of telling this story and then would refer to them as their partner. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact you could just use that as a general, like it could be anyone. But you're right. That's what you think of, first of all, is it's probably the same sex. Ian Carmel was, I saw him so long ago, and I actually thought he was gay. And it <laughs> might, the partner thing might have been a catalyst. Maybe that's why. That's so funny. Because when, okay, so when Ian moved to LA, he got on Chelsea lately within two weeks which is Mm -hmm. unheard of. And she thought he was gay. That's actually (laughs) kind of why she was excited to hire him. And he was a really funny thing on the round table. She was like, you're not gay. And he was like, no, I've slept with upwards of four women. And like, it was a (laughs) laugh, right? But yeah, he's not. But it was, it's just a Portland thing. Are they gay or are they from Portland? I can't tell, you know? like that's (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and actually that's, you know, it's funny you say that because my friend lives in Seattle now, but when I became friends with him, he did live in Portland, like Portland (laughs) proper. (laughs) Oh, so maybe that it's just the the vocabulary in Portland is partner. (laughs) Have you, so so you, uh, you're putting out an album, it comes out on Friday, mostly finger guns available. If you listen to this, it's available in two days. You can still pre-order it. Bump, bump it up the iTunes, um, up the iTunes charts, get the, the number one screenshot. Yeah. Um, I mean, otherwise I have to Photoshop and it'll be a whole thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of crossing out Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan's name. Right. Uh, got to get off there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he said this, uh, Gabe, Gabe Rutledge. I've had an, in, like a, an emotional investment in his album. Yeah. because he had like a couple times where he fucked like it, the recording got fucked up and hey, then did you, you did you edit some of it i did all of the mixing and editing okay, of yeah. the but the the you invested in his career otherwise but yeah, <laughs> you're a part of it okay. i also like so it was the when he recorded it the version that's out it's it was the fourth time he had tried to record it yeah. and uh i just sent him with like literally a bag of equipment because I couldn't go. We had like a, like our daughter was brand new and he was going to Spokane. And so I gave him just like a bag of equipment and just said like, you know, this is what I like literally have. Uh, I had labels, like uh, typed out labels. Yeah. that was like, this goes into like, I tried to make it as like, L- it's, a, it's a record by number. It's perfect. So he released his and it reached number one and he got the screenshot and then like, it had to be within an hour. Carl Reiner died. Oh no! And so Carl yeah. Reiner like took the whole top ten. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can think about is like, who else is gonna put something else on that day? Like, what else is? I don't know. Something's gonna happen, which is, I mean, whatever. It doesn't mean a ton, and it's also not to ruin it for everybody, but it's not that difficult to get up there, you know, because comedy albums are so weird. So the, most of the time, it is. Jim Gaffigan mm-hmm. and Weird Al and you know John Mulaney or whatever it's just people who are buying those albums so then if a new person comes in it's like oh you got 10 in one day we'll put you up you know it's a doesn't mean a 10 but I do I mean honestly I'm kind of invested in the screenshot at this point I'm like yeah <laughs> Gabe, Gabe told me the amount that he sold and it's like I mean you'd be surprised he's not even a multi-millionaire off of it it's only one million dollars that he's made off of this album <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, I had talked because I did it with a label and then I had kind of like, I was like, well, how do we do that? What happens? And he's like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and he said he had another person who, and I don't know what Gabe sold. I don't know what anybody else sold, but he was like, he had a podcast that had, you know, 50,000 listeners and he sold 130 albums and was top number one for like 10 days <laughs> because of that. So it was like, you know, it just depends on the timing and all this different stuff. And I was like, I think we could get 30. You know, that'd be cool. <laughs> That's funny. I think I have enough information to find out who that person is. <laughs> I bet I do. Because I actually almost, I, I emailed the guy because I did a little bit of recording work for that guy. Oh, We've right, about this. right. Yeah. And um, I emailed him to specifically go like about, I was, we didn't get far enough before he rejected me, but I was like, I could specifically work on Monica Nevy's album was my. That would have been not helpful. I feel like this is too much information, but the way <laughs> he did a good job, he did a good job of listening and kind of understanding where I would have cut tracks and those types of things. But mm -hmm. another editor involved was kind of like, we should use the Thursday. And I was like, oh, the one where I swear the whole time and like, don't do half of my set. And he was like, well, your energy was different. I was like, yeah, it was not good. Like what? And I was like, no, I would rather use this night. So they had to kind of redo the whole thing because that's what they wanted to do. And I was like, no, that's not. Oh man. We have, and it was Aaron being like, no, you need to tell him what you want. And I was like, okay. I that's good. That's that's almost on some like AA shit. Like you gotta stand up yeah. for yourself. Or, yeah. or what's that? It's exactly. not even AA, it's Al-Anon. <laughs> Yeah, I need boundaries and I need to uh, not be enabled. I don't know. <laughs> did did you have to? So I know I've seen you perform a bunch of times. I actually did, I don't know if I said this to you the last podcast we did, but did you know that I did? I did because you were like one of the first. I think you were on the first show at Tacoma Comedy Club, yeah. and I went back and looked the other day, and I I messaged the club. My wife and I both liked your set so much. That we messaged the club. Who was the the uh, woman? Because I think it might have been Kelsey Cook that featured. But we were like, they were like, uh, oh, it's Kelsey Cook. And I was like, no, the one before Kelsey Cook. Who was that? And uh, yeah, it was you. Also, you guys had gone and watched. Yeah, you were. It was. I don't know who was emceeing. Well, maybe Kelsey Cook was emceeing. But it was uh, Ben Glebe was headlining, I believe. Oh, I remember that because I just did a guess at. I yeah, remember and he, gr he grabbed my nipple in the front row. Really? Yeah. Oh, I remember the, that show very specifically because he kept, I mean, of course, this is all related, but he he was in the back kind of complaining about something, people being rude. And then when he was on stage, he like was being kind of ridiculous and then trying to get these two girls to kiss to like prove that they were together. And I was like, well, that seems also rude. <laughs> okay. you know? And then I didn't know he pinched your nipple. That seems a bit disrespectful. But Yeah, it was yeah. real strange. It was my... My aunt, I don't think that, well, now that I think about it, I'm trying to think if that was our first time or not, but with my aunt, and uh, she bought tickets for my mom, my wife, and I for my mom's birthday. Had you started at that point or no? No, no, I had not. This, I mean, it was like quite a while ago. And um, I mean, yeah, I can't differentiate years in my own career, so you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I had not started. I It must have been, I mean... I could probably do some boring math on here, but I mean like eight years ago or something like that. It sounds like seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that my aunt is like, so she's like a conservative Christian, mm -hmm. uh, like conservative in the like conservative <laughs> Christian way, also politically conservative. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. 
she probably was not emailing the club to find out who the like- uh, <laughs> yeah, who the who the guest spot of the night was. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've seen your material like for years, and I'm curious. Did you so? You do stuff about relationships, a little bit of stuff about relationships, or at least like, uh, have you had to like change pronouns in stories? You know what's funny is I, unless it's a story about a specific person, I kind of never, there was points in my career that I was like, I just shouldn't use pronouns. Like I just shouldn't. So there's actually quite a few jokes that are always they, them, just because Mm -hmm. one, I feel like then anybody can kind of connect to it, you know, but then it doesn't put me in this lane of she's straight or she's gay or whatever. Right. So I just, I did that well, well before I was like in this relationship. And so I, that's how the album is too on those, unless it's, you know, a specific story or whatever, but um, yeah, not a whole lot of, I think at the, there's some of it that's changed obviously because there was, a point where I was single and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I joke about when I was single and I'm specific to say that when I was single versus I'm in a relationship now, right. and I, you know, and they say those things. So those things have changed, but I was, um, yeah, it was kind of a thing to be ambiguous and just generalized dating. I don't always, I mean, I get it. There's plenty of women are like this and men are like this in my comedy and in everyone's comedy but Mm -hmm. those points where you can be like oh this doesn't have to be gendered i kind of was hoping to not gender anything so was that because i mean i think probably like being in a same-sex relationship there's never been a more accepting time in like our country's history well i mean maybe three years ago or so three plus years ago but uh Uh, right now (laughs) (laughs) uh but i mean like in comedy obviously i think that like i mean and probably like todd glass is the guy that i think of the most that used to tell jokes where he was it was his girlfriend but his girlfriend was and like even in his own personal life he was like talking in code and stuff yeah um and that's like did you like specifically leave out sex or gender or whatever in the, or pronouns other than they, them, uh, be, like in anticipation of, I, I'm, I feel like, I, let me say this. I'm trying to be very sensitive about the way that I say this because I'm wor- I worry that I'm like heading down a shitty straight guy path. And I promise you that's not my intention. No, I, <laughs> so, I figured I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, did you always know you liked, like, I'm that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is, is like, did you like, did you think about that while you were writing jokes? several years ago yeah i think a lot of years ago and i'm sure i mean i know todd a little bit i've been to his house he is actually very just as organized as he says in his um (laughs) have you been on his podcast his refrigerator was ridiculous i was like oh really oh yeah everything's facing the right it's crazy uh no i haven't been on his podcast but um uh there's and especially for him like he's older than me there's still fear that comes with it you know i Mm -hmm. mean i don't and there's certain parts like I have jokes about it that I'll only do in Seattle or Portland or whatever, or, you know, um, Interesting. and then sometimes I'm on stage and I just make sure nothing is gendered and let them not, I don't know. There's a little bit, I mean, Aaron and I will be traveling 
and we will look at bars and go, okay, which one looks like they're not going to murder us? Like, we'll say that out loud, you know? So it's, it's still, there's still fear involved in it, which I wish there wasn't. But as much as I want to be like, everything's fine. And I'm on, you know, I can stand up for us. I'm not, just not really that person either. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just gonna, I want to do my comedy. I want it to be funny. I hope that you accept me, but if I feel scared or I feel like you're not going to, then I will just leave it general, which again, I'm not the advocate we're looking for, but I, um, but then honestly, like I feel very, it feels very nice to be able to joke about it with the crowd that is accepting of that. And I can do jokes about my sexuality or about, you know, very specific things. And, mm-hmm. um, I feel safe and that just doesn't happen that often, but um, it's, it's like really nice when it does happen. I can relate to that of being like, this is one other, I mean, there's plenty of other people and I don't even know if everyone knows that they're gay or not, but that we've known for years and years and years as this mm-hmm. hilarious comedian. And you're like, Oh, he was like talking about his girlfriends for a long time with like not being with women at all. And then you could also, you know, see that maybe being tormenting, but Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I think you, yeah, you still want to make people laugh and you also don't want to be murdered. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think like the other thing, and uh, this is like my, obviously this is, this is a, in comedy, a position of privilege. uh, But I, like, I love like a shitty rural crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, that is like my favorite crowd to perform in front of. And by the way, one of the things I've, I think about, um, I got in an argument with a guy on Twitter about, uh, did you ever see that Maria Bamford database of comedians? What, like what demographics were performing at comedy clubs? Yeah. Yeah. So he posted a thing that said like, um, club comedy is white supremacy basically mm-hmm. and then when you looked at the database like it, the data doesn't support that i mean club comedy is like misogyny would work right yeah but but uh like black men were overrepresented by like three times their population okay yeah. uh i mean and like even in proportion to white dudes and white dudes are like the majority obviously but <laughs> but uh i did i was I said like my tweet one of my tweets to him was like it seems horrific to be a woman trying to do comedy on the road but blah 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 and I thought about like stories I've heard you tell on the Hug Life podcast when you and Mike went on tour or uh you and I did a show together with Cameron Mazuka also uh I'll never be able to graduate past Cameron Mazuka uh and and be I like uh, it's always if I'm performing with Monica Nevy, Cameron Mazuka is also on the show. We're a He's comedy gay. trio. Yeah. I, uh, I asked him for that specifically though. I'm yeah. like it. <laughs> uh, but we did a show in Chehalis, a Gabe Botten production. Oh, Gabe yeah. Botten, by the way, a guy who, when I first met him, I thought he said his name was Gay Bottom. <laughs> uh, literal drag name ever. Like this. Yeah. That, that <laughs> <laughs> But we did a show in a brewery that's also the the location uh, where I've first ever been angry on stage, like a couple years later. But uh, oh, I was gonna uh, say was that show. No, no, that show was great. Uh, Gabe was like real 
upset at like a couple people talking and I was like, dude, you really yeah. have high expectations for a bar show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I, what I remember about that show specifically is there were like, when we got off stage, people came up and talked to you, me and Cameron separately. Mm-hmm. And it was with you like, I remember just, like, overhearing the conversations being, like, just different. <laughs> that, like, everyone that talked to Cameron and I, they wanted to know how they could get into comedy without doing open mics. Without doing open mics? Yeah, they were just, like, wow. I, like nobody, like, looks at me and Cameron and, like, I want to fuck those dudes. They go, <laughs> I could like, easily do what they're doing. <laughs> they're like, I'm better than that guy. That's yeah. easy. Oh, I never, Because oh. I and get... I th- come up and ask it's usually only guys but they're like i want to do comedy too and that's what i'm like you should do it go to an open mic you know that's fine but that's if, funny. no one's ever been like how do i skip how do i skip around i mean i've had people be like i'm super funny i don't want to start comedy because i'd be too famous and i'm like mm, <laughs> i don't know if that's the problem but <laughs> did uh did you ever have any moment when you first started comedy this is like the actual i i said these words this is gonna dovetail nicely into the the Kanye interview. By the way, I'm so I didn't mean to make you do homework. I don't have a lot. I was, like, well, I had a long drive today, so I almost right. was like, should I listen to this? But then, as I was, I was like, once you start, you can't stop. You know. So I just did this. I felt that way about that specifically. I went in like a little bit train wrecky and uh, like trying to see a train wreck, and then I like. Uh, but anyways, uh, let me. Yeah, I had this stupid thought the first open mic I did. I was like, I I literally went in and I was like, I don't I don't think I can clear my schedule after they decide they want to book me <laughs> to like headline because I'm gonna like what if I change the world of comedy tonight? <laughs> and I mean, obviously, like not with that much confidence. I don't know not- why that's so funny to me. Just because it's such a different. I was terrified. Like, oh, by the way, when I actually did it, I was pissing myself. Like, I wasn't doing that well. So I, I mean, literally I, had Mike Coletta fucking hugging me and pumping me up. Mike Coletta and Aaron Kirby. Did you? I knew because Aaron and I had that podcast. That was before you started stand up. Yeah, it was before I started. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I remember obviously I remember the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh, I I had thought you already started stand up at that point. Okay, that's funny. Um. What terrible people to help you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, That's so funny. No, I do think I've had that thought where I'm just like, oh, I'll just like, I'll do comedy and I'll write this book and then it'll just, I maybe not like I need to clear my schedule. (laughs) I I have had the thought of like, I'll do all, I'll do five of these things, you know, I'll write a show. <laughs> I'll do comedy. I'll write a book. One of them's gonna work, you know. One of them's gonna blow up. Like I've had that that thought, but not when I did my first open mic. Because I like, mm, I gotta clear my schedule. <laughs> this is yeah. Well, I actually I talked about this on last week's podcast, but I can't ever like before I do anything, I have taken it in my mind to the like most successful conclusion. I think that's great. I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah, I mean, it's probably were, got. I think negative. if you're like, why am I doing this? It's gonna fucking go down in flames, you know. So I think that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Like the first time I brewed beer for a while, and like before I brewed my first batch of beer, I was looking up uh, brewery business plans. 
that's completely true. <laughs> I, uh, I do, uh, the other day, like I made a good brisket. The first, like I'm like, I'm decent at smoking meat, but I'm not incredible. And I made a good brisket and I literally was like, I wonder if, I wonder how much a commercial smoker costs and like, what's the zoning I, you I'm need? I'm probably going to need to start a <laughs> So That's incredible. I'm like, I'm like jealous of that thought process of that confidence because I'm like, <laughs> I've listened to this album like 20 times. Mm-hmm. I've worked on it for years. I feel good. There were sold out crowds and still I'm like, I think this is bad. I think no one <laughs> like, you know, like I can't, uh, there's no part of me that's like, Oh, I'm going, I'm going billboard charts. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm texting gonna... people I went to middle school with like, Hey, have you seen my albums out? Like, yeah, is it is it weird that I don't have an album and I've already written a Grammy speech? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just what else are you gonna do in the shower? It's like yeah, I know. I, yeah. you go over a Grammy speech. What am I gonna continue to argue with my dad in the shower? Um, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, what you so you've been doing comedy for quite a while. I actually admire you not recording an album until because you're like are you nine years in yeah nine it'll be 10 in january which is i had a person that i started with attempted to record an album at at like probably 20 months in oh wow um and then i've seen a couple other people try to do that and i had like i don't want to record an album by any means (laughs) Uh, because like first off, uh, I'm not I don't have enough shit to replace what I would, you and know. Yeah, lucky for me, COVID happened, didn't I? <laughs> so I have to uh, get it. I can just. <laughs> well, also, uh, yeah, that's true. Also, like, uh, I had time to replace it. Don't worry, there's new stuff. Come, come see it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I just don't think like I tried to record something just like 20 minutes of child material in uh november Mm -hmm. and it was like good but then like i fucked up part of the recording and i wasn't happy with it completely and there's a for a variety of reasons i never like even considered releasing it and then i wrote like a bunch of new shit for that and i'm like like am i even close like is any of my material good enough to be you know worth a shit i mean i don't think that albums need to be that good i don't that doesn't make sense <laughs> but <laughs> i think there's mostly finger guns people. available yeah it's, it's not that great but it's there um i <laughs> um the mine is very i waited for someone to ask me to do it basically mm-hmm. but a lot of people do it just to like have something or do a shorter time there's other like compilation album situations yeah. you know and uh, it's a normal thing that you make more money not necessarily selling the album but having it on Sirius or something so i know that people do that sometimes however separate from that i've seen plenty of people try to record an album a year in or whatever and you're like oh this is a terrible idea you're gonna be upset that this exists at some point so you know how there's like infinite time at the beginning of quarantine, it felt like there was infinite time. Like suddenly I'm binging shit that I never would have watched before. I, uh, I'm i not going to say the, the guy's name, but I did listen to 
more than I should have of a one year in album. And not only I found out the album existed and then I went and did the research to find out how early in like I did the Facebook stalking to go back and be like, how early was it? And there's shit where I'm like, how did you think this was like, it's not like he was doing well. It's like a room full of his friends and he wasn't doing well. (laughs) That's it. That's funny because like, I remember the show that we have used for this and I'm like listening to it. I'm like, Oh, they could have been louder then. They were louder at the end. You know, they clapped more here, you know? And so if it wasn't going well, I would have been like, we're not using any of this. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, you, so you've been posting a lot of videos. Are those actually from the album recording nights? Um, some of them are, yeah. The um, the ones at the underground are from the Thursday night. I had um, a friend there, Richard Kilpatrick, who actually was the director of my documentary series, 80 for 80. Oh, cool. He came to hang out and just brought his camera and was like, well, it just, so I only have the full show of that night. But so I just, so the end of it isn't, there's jokes that I end up doing on the album that weren't on there. And then at the end was just kind of me being silly, but um, yeah, that was the first night that we recorded, which was, I mean, obviously a different energy, but still look good. They were very fun. So yeah, just kind of putting out some of the clips from there to be like, oh, there's more. <laughs> and then you're, you're like already back on the road, right? Mm-hmm as much as I can do now, which is pretty much just Oregon. Cause that's where it's legal. Yeah. And I don't have to fly to, but uh, yeah, which has done nothing for me, but it's fine. <laughs> are you, are you trying to specifically avoid flying? Yeah. Right now I kind of decided that I would wait until next year to fly. Mm-hmm. But my, my original plan was like, okay, as things open, I'll give it a couple weeks to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, so when Washington had opened at first, I was like, I'll give it a little bit. I had talked to you. I talked to Andrew, kind of how the open mics went and whatnot. And uh, then they closed it down. So that was a fair assessment to go. Oh, we'll see how it goes. But Oregon has low numbers. It's the only state that's still decreasing right now. And um, it was uh, not worth it. But I still went and did shows there. So (laughs) Oh, so did you not have fun? No, I had a good time, of course, but um, it was, so it's so much different. So normally this casino that I did this last weekend, you do a Wednesday night, two shows, right? So there's mm-hmm. older people, not that busy. Now they do a Friday and Saturday, two shows, both nights. Um, the first show full, but people are literally eating the whole time. So not really paying attention. And then the 10 PM show, the rest of the bars in the area close at 10 and can't serve anymore, but the casino can still serve. So everyone goes there, is already hammered, and then comes into the showroom. And so both nights, it was just the rowdiest, like drunkest crowds. And so I, I, I probably did seven minutes of material on Friday on that show, and then I did two jokes last night for the late show. I just oh, man. talked to him, which it went fine, and it was definitely something I can't do on Zoom, you know? So right. Um, it was still very fun, but it wasn't, you know, now it's like, well, I've been doing these jokes on Zoom that I like. I want to do them in front of live audiences, but mm. I don't, you know, I haven't heard yet if they're good. And even after this weekend, I haven't heard yet if they're good. So is this the first live stand-up you've done since the beginning of the pandemic? No, I've done a couple of 
backyard shows in Washington. Oh yeah, that's right. But then I also did Helium in Portland. I did their parking lot like outdoor show. Um, I did another like food truck park in Salem, Oregon. So I've, it's mostly been Oregon, but yeah, I've done some other live stuff. It's still weird because you know it's outdoors or it's um, mm-hmm. a busy food truck park. That was different, but it was still very fun. You know, it's just I haven't been. The casino was still very much exactly like the casino I remembered, but <laughs> that's unfortunate because I've yeah. had like I've had really good luck. I've done. I think five backyard shows hmm. and they've been every one of them is like the best. Yeah. It's like the highlight of my week. Like no, I agree. we've had a really good time at some of those backyard shows and they're just, they're excited to have something happen. Mm-hmm. And like for the most part, they're like, Hey, it's comedy. Everybody get on board, you know, don't be weird. And so yeah. it's a good time. Uh, yeah. It's just not, you know, not quite the same yet but that's fine yeah i almost don't even i feel like i'm losing my memory of what and i even did like i did in-person shows at tacoma comedy club in june um i did i was supposed to do the like there's a kind of speakeasy like show around and i was supposed to do that and then i had uh it's funny because i guess i won't say who the person was that i consulted to keep their anonymity but the headliner of the show i was like uh hey i have like the sniffles and if it was pre-covid times i would 100 percent be doing the show tonight uh and i've been safe and i have zero doubt that this is like my daughter went back to daycare and it's like daycares are like just absolute cesspools for a disease oh, yeah. but it's not like, so I didn't get COVID is the point is like the end of it, but it's uh I didn't do this speakeasy show, which actually probably would have been the biggest audience I performed in front of outside of the comedy clubs. Is that like, wait, is that like a secret show? They're not supposed to be doing it. Kind of. It's not, I mean, they, they advertise it a lot more than you'd expect considering. I mean, I feel like that's going on quite a bit, but it's like. I it's not know. the one in Seattle. Uh, there's one in Seattle. That's like this other one was technically supposed to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. um and it was outdoors uh i think that there was like i think there's a little bit of like um well to give some perspective uh right before like two days before i was still excited for it but i looked up the venue and there's an enormous uh vote for lauren culp sign on the back of the stage so i was less excited at that point uh and I actually, like, I, I'll do fine in front of that crowd. I'm not worried about right. that, but it's like... Oh, no, I just worked for that crowd this whole week. There was um, <laughs> literally chainsaw wood carvings of Trump, like, on my way. And I was like, okay, I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot, too. He was dressed as Elvis at one point. It was a whole thing. Listen, I... he's very statuesque, okay? So... <laughs> Is that how you describe it? <laughs> he, he looks like someone stopped carving in the middle, actually. Yeah, that's uh... true. <laughs> uh <laughs> well, are you how long is the album 45 minutes is it yeah that's uh it's 21 tracks oh damn yeah is it's got do you think it's is it like guaranteed to end up on serious so yeah so we submitted that actually a while ago maybe like three weeks ago. 
And uh, we were hoping for, you know, three, maybe six tracks. And then they took the whole album. So that oh, was... Oh, shit. Yeah, that was more exciting than we thought. And that's good. And um, it'll be... Awesome. My stupid mind, I'm like, you should talk to the people you're renting the house from because you're going to be buying it from them very soon. <laughs> oh, these... thank you. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, what if they play every track? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, Raw Dog Radio and Laugh USA and some other, like... She's fun, like a you know female comedian channel. They took the whole thing, so uh, yeah, that was better than we thought. So yeah, that's all been accepted. I don't know. There's a possibility it's already playing. I don't really understand Sirius that much. I always thought it was like on the radio in your rental car, but apparently you can stream it like on the internet and stuff too. I didn't know that. So I mean, you still have to have the subscription. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that was exciting and good, but yeah, it's on. It might, I mean, I feel most excited that it's on title. I feel very connected to Beyonce in that way. So it's, um, <laughs> it's on pretty much everything I think. So That's uh you are the Beyonce of uh, Seattle comedy. I've been Seattle saying that comedy. for years. <laughs> I've always been called the JLo of comedy. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> We should talk about Kanye, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We keep like dancing around. Oh, we were tailing it a long time ago. But... I know. So the the I'm I'm kind of curious. I I and I I guess like I'm glad that you're a fan of him. I remember this from the Richland trip because I'm not really a fan of Kanye's. I like uh. What's up? Were you ever? Or are you? Yeah, I mean, I like I like uh, College Dropout was like I think is one of the best albums ever um late registration i have like like there's a that drive slow song with paul wall i have like a specific memory of the girl i was dating <laughs> then like like it's not even dirty but it's like oh no, i think that yeah that makes sense well, yeah and then graduation i like but i think it's worse than the other two and mm-hmm. then i've not liked anything since then it's been really tough since then and i don't you know need to play into the i like old kanye better but that was so when you originally brought up you know him in general i think about kanye in the very first like through the wire those type of times and i mean you're you're from here right are you from yeah yeah Yeah, i'm from i grew up in fife and i don't know if it's a if it was a northwest thing or it was a national thing but when i was a kid there was a channel called the box which was just music videos. There was literally nobody talked the whole time. And then eventually MTV2 bought that channel. And so that mm-hmm. was like MTV bought it, that became MTV2, but it was just music videos and it was mostly hip hop. And so that was where I first saw Through the Wire and that was, cause we would just leave it on at night. Like that's what we would fall asleep to. And mm-hmm. so that was when I like, and I was like, he is the best thing ever i love it so then there was probably four or five years where i was just like he can put out anything he wants to and i love it i mean even like jesus walks i was like i don't i'm not on board with this but this song is dope you know like mm-hmm. it's like so worked yeah, for me and so i was like i might be a believer now it's uh, <laughs> um so i did really love kanye and then um i've been worried about him as i feel like a lot of us have been but Mm -hmm. after listening to the interview with him and joe rogan um 
I'm not a hundred percent sure what I was thinking before. Not that we shouldn't be worried about him, but he was far more put together than I thought. Yeah. It was, uh, one, I think he is medicated. Um, Joe Rogan kept talking about how like, Oh, you should have just called me. You should exercise. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not. Yeah. Relax. He was talking about like manic episodes. I'm like, that seems a little bit out of, uh, the exercise realm but um yeah uh but so i do think he is medicated but he's like i had the thought today that like i already voted voted for joe biden if you have a problem with that that's fine but if it came down to it if it was kanye and joe biden i would probably still vote for joe biden but if it was kanye versus trump i would 1000 percent vote for kanye because i think they are the same person in like different he's just better at being that person yeah. so just like he the way he talks the things he talks about the confidence these things it's just mm-hmm. it's given to me in a better package it is not as ridiculous and it's still very sporadic and all over it's very hard to follow him like mm-hmm. he would just kind of keep talking but like the things i mean plenty of the things that he said i was like i don't agree with that but i understand yeah. what he's saying and then some of it like i mean probably 70 percent of what he was saying i was like i can that makes sense to me. Like I was ready for crazy, wild, just none of it made sense kind of thing. But yeah, most of it, I was like, no, I totally get what he's saying. I mean, yeah, I, I, I had the, I had the same experience where I was like, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be unlistenable. Uh, right. I thought like I'd get 10 minutes in and be like, this guy is presently manic. Cause his like his online persona is just straight mania oh yeah there's no even like the way because he i don't even i don't listen to uh joe rogan's podcast regularly i will listen like if there's a comedian that i like or like there's a few a very rare like uh i guess different kind of personality that i would like bridget fetacy when she's on i guess she's a comic too i don't think of her as a comic but uh but like when there's like a I guess more political person or something like that. And then, but yeah, like musicians, I don't want to hear him talk to musicians or scientists. I don't, I don't need to hear a caveman talk to scientists. Like I don't, that doesn't help (laughs) almost anybody. I don't think, but I thought that first off, I thought like, uh, he did a pretty good job. I thought Rogan did a pretty good job. I was thinking that same thing the whole time. I was like, this is a decent, and he like, just kind of let him go. Yeah. And he did a good job of kind of redirecting him. Like, he's still a good interviewer, whether or not mm-hmm. he, like, interjects weird stuff at some point. But he, yeah, he, like, kept it or would try to summarize when he, I mean, most of the time it was off track. It would kind of lead to yeah. other things. He kept calling them riffs, which I felt like was not. Well, that, that was the thing that was funny about that to me, though, was Kanye was very aware of how wild his mind is. And he kept going, like, he would say something and then within 0.01 seconds go, oh, I just said this right here. Like, he would have commentary about what he just said right after he said it. He'd be like, you know what I meant? I meant to say something else good, but I didn't, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "What?" Is-? he's already, like, in his own comment section as he's talking. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just, it's it's very sporadic, but then I thought Rogan did a good job of being, like, this is what you meant, right? You know, like kind of like summarizing yeah. it a bit. And I thought he pressed him on the like, 
why would you be a good president in yeah. this way? Because I think like both of us agree that Kanye West would not be a good president. No, no but we <laughs> but, don't have a good one now. So it's very confusing. Right. Like I actually think that you said it, that they're the same and I think I get what you meant, but I think I would uh, modify that by saying, I do think Kanye has like immense empathy yeah. for the people around him. And I don't think Trump I has think that. He's a better, I think he would do a, a better, at least from a personable experience. And maybe that's just because, he at least came from something that wasn't mm -hmm. like privileged the whole time. I do think that both of them are in a different reality. And in that same way, so is Joe Rogan. Their reality is not ours, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you want someone who hopefully understands your actual reality if they're leading it. But so he, I mean, w whether it's his experience before his service to God, he does seem very invested in people more so than, Trump does. However, I mean, he's still a billionaire, as he would tell you uh, 45 <laughs> times in that interview. But um, he also thinks yeah. there's no shame or no backtracking on the, the confidence. And I'm, I'm the most innovative person. I'm the most successful person I know, you know, whatever, which I kind of like, like, if you're going to be like that, then be like that, you know, yeah. not weird, coy, like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty successful. But it's not a big deal. He's like, no, I'm the most successful person I know, which I yeah. kind of like that's the that's the shit that's like to me where i where i where he has turned me off in recent years is where he's like i'm like i should have a seat on the board at every design house and i should have and i'm like dude you're like you're a really good rapper and producer that doesn't mean you're good and then you listen to him talk about that stuff and by the end of it i'm like fuck why isn't a guy like this like why don't we give him like a a grant to figure out sustainable farming or whatever the shit that he was talking about. Like and it's not that when I also feel like he has these ideas and then he, and then it's the basically the same thing as you and I smoking weed and going, what if we just had a farm in our house and then yeah. we ate off that? And you're like, yeah, but he has the money to have someone figure out how to do that. And so right. that's the difference is he's like, well, we're going to build different. We're going to do this. We're gonna, and, and he can, people to do that i mean that's yeah obviously that's why his reality is different than ours but it was also like what i think i didn't give him credit for and maybe this is like a blind spot for me but like that dude is like this is the thing that bothered me when i saw the reaction to it is rogan has a lot of dudes on who like come on and talk about fucking dmt trips and shit that i don't care about and they get so much latitude to talk about this bullshit hallucination that they had and then Kanye comes on and he's talking about like the real world mm -hmm. and things that he's actually doing that he's putting his own money into. Yeah, he's like, literally, I have 300 acres that they're doing this on. And <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like I that's actually the way I've, I've started to go like, if if you don't have, I will trust anyone that's risking their own shit, like their own money right. on something. Because well, the whole debt thing was actually very interesting. And mm -hmm. him talking about music because it it connects to comedy so much of being like, yeah, if I'm going to do a special, it's going to cost me $20,000, you know, like yeah. to produce. And so he was basically saying like, I went into debt to make this music, you know, whatever. And so at least he's lived that part of it. Yeah. I was, I felt not, not as though like, I mean, I think it's probably like the same ego that makes me 
look up a brewery business plan before I <laughs> right before brew you. my first batch of beer and uh, tries to figure out how to send my avails before I do my first open mic. <laughs> but <laughs> I do like when I hear somebody like that, I'm one, I'm aware that like I am not, you know, as accomplished, as brilliant as Kanye West, but like as a person who's trying to succeed in a creative field, I don't know how you can listen to that and not feel like, fuck, there is like a path for me to like have control of my own destiny. Yeah, I do feel, I mean, I'm big on meditation and positivity and all that stuff. And I, you can hear it from both him and Rogan. But uh, as you feel, you're like, he's just, I mean, the way he even talks about running for president, he's like, I could win this year. And he's like, I'll definitely win in 2024. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he's already set on that. And it like part of me goes, I don't know, he might do it. You know, like it's not, I don't know. Um, yeah. But all I got through the whole thing was that like, this still feels like it would be better than what we have right now. Not that I think he's the candidate to pick, but yeah. the whole thing I'm like, oh, I think not even that they villainized him where I do think maybe he was a bit more unstable and now he's figured it out a bit. Cause Kim even like mentioned something where she was like, give him a second. He's like, you know, yeah. not well. And now he seems a little bit better, but um, he was making sense sometimes. I mean, well, the thing that he talked about that I thought was like the most, uh, he he said the thing about how slavery was a choice a long time ago and it got like crazy headlines and they do this with everybody, by the way, including Trump. Like they misquote or quote him out of context pick the one thing and then right like like for example and i'm not trying to defend the guy like i think he's fucking horrific but (laughs) that people like good people on both sides thing right gets constantly brought up but like literally if you read the transcript before he says that he's like white supremacists neo-nazis they should be condemned indiscriminately Mm -hmm. but that's not everybody that was here there were fine people on both sides of this protest. Got it. Yeah, yeah. He's a big piece of shit. Don't get me wrong, but like that thing is an unfair depiction of what he said. And what right. Kanye, when he clarified it, I was like, "Oh, that's one of the most brilliant things I've fucking heard." Which is, he's not saying slavery was a choice that like forever ago. He's saying the present like music industry slavery yeah. was a choice. Yes, and. We live in 2020 where you can self-produce everything from music to a comedy special to a movie to whatever. I mean, he went like straight up in depth on the contracts, like about that yeah. stuff. It was like too much to really follow, but you were like, oh, he's like, that was the other part. Like he seems very well read to some point of it, like almost to a forced point, but like, you're like, oh, he's at least done research on these things that he's talking about or you know, or can acknowledge that he doesn't know enough about this certain thing. I mean, there was a few parts where he was just like, I'll do some research. Um, which I think is very different than what we hear most of the time is people being like, no, 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 I got it. I know what I'm doing. It's going to be fine. And he was like, I'm willing to learn about it at least. Yeah. I thought the stuff, I thought it was funny. I thought it was just like funny and endearing also when he's like, uh, 
uh, Rogan talked about solar panels, and he's like, fuck solar panels. I don't like them. And he's like, why? And he's like, Thomas Edison. Fuck Thomas Edison, this guy that lived like 150 years ago. Like, I also saw The Prestige and was like into Tesla for 10 minutes. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but this is all I could think through the whole thing is how many movies he quoted and like <laughs> he brought up so many movies and was just like he quoted will ferrell like four times and i was like I know. what's happening <laughs> like how, everything he was like you know when veronica corningstone like one yeah do you shit. think like, on what? that part do you think rogan knew what he was talking about no do you i think- don't think he knew it was <laughs> i don't think he knew it was anchorman because he was like you know and then you brought up veronica and i was like <laughs> that's like a person like it's not <laughs> Yeah, it was like he was like, "Oh, I'm respecting that you brought up this person that I'm not aware of. That's yeah. like obviously yeah, very important." To be an anchor person, you know, <laughs> uh, good for her. Um, but no, that was definitely well. Then he, yeah, it, but then he got the Ricky Bobby one like immediately, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, the thought... time because he kept being like, "Oh, and then it's Jim Carrey and Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind or whatever," and then this and that. Like he just kept bringing up movies, and I was like, "I hope he watched all of these films during quarantine." whatever but he it reminds you though that like he is just a fucking nerd oh yeah you know like you think of him as this like magnanimous and larger than life guy and I, i think he's the i've heard stories about him like neil brennan has a story about when he was on Chappelle's show uh he was on the food video with common so he's like i think just doing background vocals I don't even think he had a verse uh, on the show. And, like, apparently someone called him during filming, and he's like, what? And they're like, uh, they're like, uh, why, you know, why didn't you do this, whatever? And he's like, because my life is dope and I do dope shit, and then just hung up on him. And that's, like, a dude that doesn't have a record deal yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is this, like, confidence, like, it's going to figure itself out type of thing with him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, at this point. I can't predict anything anymore. So, or what I think is going to happen very well might not happen. So at first when you're like, ah, Kanye West running through, that seems crazy. But the more I hear, I'm like, I don't know. That very well might happen. I don't <laughs> Yeah. I guess what I'm like less worried about is if he became some sort of, like, I don't know what the position is, but like, uh, I don't know if it's even like a cabinet seat, but like if he was involved in government, I would feel pretty good about that. I think there's shit, by the way, like we should acknowledge uh, that he's very, very pro-life. And I actually would say, by the way, uh, I want to tell you a thing or two about parenting, Monica. Uh, I actually think like I'm still pro-choice, but like my threshold for like when I think it's pretty fucking inhumane Mm-hmm. went way down uh like actually experiencing a pregnancy yeah yeah it's experiencing a pregnancy not even a birth because like i i remember like so early on like i don't know when life happens but i do know that i viewed our daughter as a life i viewed my daughter as a life i'm not saying everybody else has to feel this way but like fucking six weeks in or something like that like i was in like this is a life and I was, I think there's like a tough philosophical question that I'm probably a hack for bringing up because I bet other people ask this, but like if a woman is pregnant, I think this is like a good threshold for if you actually are like that, like uh, don't talk about it, be about it 
thing is like if a woman's pregnant and she gets shot and and the baby dies and she survives Mm -hmm. is that murder i think that's the threshold if you can say honestly no i don't think that's murder i'll accept that you're actually Mm pro-choice and i think you can be an opportunist and i think like obviously uh uh birth control and planned parenthood has been an enormous uh benefit to women's advancement in society like there's no doubt that there are benefits but to me like to take someone like kanye by the way historically black people are not are are pretty conservative on those types of issues on issues that challenge christianity black people tend to be more conservative than white people in polling and stuff like that so to me the thing where you're like well this guy's crazy do you hear the shit he's saying about abortion and it's like Listen, I don't agree with him, but I don't think he's crazy. Like a lot of people have reached that same conclusion that I don't think are crazy. Yeah. Necessarily. My thing is, it's just um, a live and let live thing. Like what I would do isn't going to determine what you feel is right or would would do, you know. Yeah, I I didn't mean to like challenge you on a pro-choice thing. I just like to me. No, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, because I've never... I've never been in that situation. I've never, you know, I'm, you know, and so I just don't, my only thing with all of that is like, I'm not judging anyone for doing anything. Yeah. You want to, or you don't want to go for it. I mean. Yeah. We, I think uh, our daughter has been uh, crying a lot at night. So I'm good. I'm looking for like a, like an eighth <laughs> trimester. Yeah. I don't know ours is seven so is that too late that's uh, a lot of trimesters i can't even yeah, do the math how many trimesters is that no um it's so i mean and i uh, i'm such a retro like active thinker where i'm just like well if this didn't happen then this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't you know whatever um and so i just think there's positives for both of them like if someone didn't choose to do that then maybe they wouldn't have become to the person that's very important to our society now or, you know, if my mother had never gotten divorced, I wouldn't be alive. You know, like those types of things. Sure. So it's, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think my thing is, is like, I don't respect anyone bombing an abortion clinic. Right. Um, but I do think that like, I think there's like room for a guy like Kanye to have that opinion and to like have to go through a democratic process to bring that opinion to like the law. And we're like so far past, well, I guess who knows what it's going to be like. (laughs) We're we're in a rough spot to be a couple of weeks. So (laughs) (laughs) are you, do you have any worry? Do you, how, how much into like um, analytics and shit are you? Are you worried about this election? Oh Yeah. But I was super worried about the last one. So, and yeah. for the right reason. I mean, at the time, I felt like people thought I was overreacting because I was pretty upset. And not, you know, I'm not, I don't have enough energy to be as upset as some other people. But I wasn't happy. Went to plenty of protests and whatnot. And at the time, I was like, am I doing too much? Is this too upset? You know, maybe it'll be fine. And now we're here. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was right. Like, I should have, you know, should have been upset. And so... I'm I'm invested, but I'm also far more prepared now for it mm-hmm. to go um, not the way that we want. I'm 
you know, almost 90% sure the Supreme Court is going to change to the point where I'm literally going to have some of my rights taken away. So it's yeah, just to have preparation more at this mm. point than a, um, a fight even just, I mean, and maybe this is too political, but watching the Brett Kavanaugh, you know, cases before or the court hearings before he got, and it was like, none of that mattered. It didn't matter what they were saying. They were still going to put him in there. And so I feel like it's the same situation with um, this, this judge is that whatever had happened last week, it doesn't matter. They're going to put it. Yeah. I I think like one, uh, I guess like I had never really considered the, um, like marriage equality to be at risk. And I suppose it could be. I mean, I, yeah, it was, and it's, um, yeah, once it happened, we were kind of like, you know, I don't know when I was younger too. I mean, that makes sense now that we're in, uh, the show business when I was younger, it was kind of like, once you're on TV, you're on TV forever. That's how it works. And now I know that it's, you could be on TV and then never be on TV again or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's how this feels where it's like, oh, it, you had that right, but you could get it like, right, for some weird reason. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. I, I, I guess like that to me, so the, the Roe versus Wade thing, I think like, it sounds like there, that's like pretty high priority for this lady specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've heard some arguments that like, that going away is obviously like not good for its cause, but states would still have the right to like, you know, Washington state isn't going to be, but I think like the, the problem with all of that shit is that even if Washington state, you can still do this thing that liberals find okay. And conservatives don't, all that's going to do is make us more partisan. Yeah. Which I feel like is just happening more and more every day. Yeah. same time where I've never, I've never once, you know, I'm not that old, but in my 30 years felt like just because someone would vote a different way or their family thought differently than me, that I wouldn't be able to be friends with them or wouldn't be able to just get over the fact that we voted differently. And now it really feels like that's what's happening. Like it doesn't, you know, like you couldn't be friends with someone who voted differently than you. And it's, um, it's just do you, different. Do you feel that way or do you think you're observing that because i i I have this i have another one of these like litmus tests uh that i think it's an imperfect thing but like we know everything we know about trump right but when when like october 2016 the grab them by the pussy grab grab them by the pussy video came out Mm -hmm. i think it was october maybe it was september but we all were like well this is gonna be the thing that stops right and it's like it doesn't change what you think the president's gonna do like if like what would biden have to do what would joe biden have to do and like the things that you might even the first things you might think of are like things that he's already accused of you know what i mean and we're still going like the moral choice is to pick this guy when i think that's like part of the whole thing with Trump in general, like nothing means anything anymore because we kept going like, oh, he's racist or, oh, he's misogynistic. He said these horrible things and it still didn't matter. You know, it didn't. Right. But would it have mattered though? Like that's kind of my thing is like, 
we put we put like this moral superiority on it but it's like what like uh trump is racist joe biden by the way i really dislike having the like moderate point of view on this because i do want joe biden to win this election and there's i have no doubt i'm not thrilled that it's joe biden is the guy that i'm rooting for yeah but i do like but it's like joe biden uh eulogized strom thurmond who was like a sitting congressman or whatever and was a segregationist like for a long time screwed up one i think the whole well, the thing is, we're still voting for two white, straight, 70-year-old men. You know, like, yeah. it's, just, it's not reflective of what the country is, and this is what we're given. And so yeah. we have to kind of figure out what we're going to get through the next, I don't know. It's just silly. The whole thing, the fact that it exists is very stupid to me. It's <laughs> whatever. Um, but so do I feel like that sometimes I do. Sometimes I genuinely think, and it's not. Like if someone, one of my friends was like, you know, I actually, I actually voted for Trump. It was just better for me. I feel like we could talk about it, but it's mm-hmm. the people who are like, did you vote for the winner? Did you, you know, like, did you vote? Yeah. I'm like, well, we're not, which obviously I'm not necessarily friends with people like that anyways, but you know, that stuff, I'm just like, oh, we're not going to get along. Like that's not yeah. uh, going to work out. And honestly, for me personally, I feel fairly unsafe in that situation. One. Mm. I'm a, uh, I'm a gay person that you probably don't love anyways. Uh, people in my family are, are people of color that I don't feel comfortable being like, this is my brother, you know, like that's yeah. not a thing. And so it, that becomes a personal thing then where I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable having you in my life because you support yeah. that I feel like would physically uh, be a detriment to my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's like, I have a little bit of, sympathy for like actual republicans that like close their eyes and you know clench their teeth and drop their ballot into the ballot box i i do like there is like a cult of personality thing with that dude that's so off-putting and disgusting i tweeted this like uh shortly after he got elected i think but it's uh I really think that Trump is going to be what kills the two party system. Yeah. No, and I think yeah, that's a and but but the way he did it is to kill both parties. Yeah. Like like I the Republicans are fucked. So because and I'm sure he'll do the same thing because at the very beginning he was always like, No, I'm gonna unify everyone more mm-hmm. than you can imagine. And we're like, What are you talking about? And that might actually happen because of all this, because for once there are Republicans on that side going I can't support him, you know, yeah. like I can't support the person in my own party because, which is nice to hear, but yeah, everything's getting really fuzzy because of that. So maybe he was right. I mean, it's not, you know, like it's, a, yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I'm gonna I think do it's so poorly that I'm going to prove myself correct. You like, that's, you know? <laughs> I, I think there's like a thing too, where it's maybe just being, I think some of it is like, we're, our generation, I'm a little bit older than you, but I think in the same generation and uh, and younger, are so used to having like instant gratification. Yeah. Like even think about this. When, when our parents were kids, fruit had seasons. 
Yeah. And now you can get a watermelon in fucking December and every apple all year round and oranges are always there. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like, yeah, no wonder people didn't eat fruit because it was all rotting. Yeah. Kanye figured out how to grow it inside. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that it's like if the question was, would you rather have Bernie Sanders lose or Joe Biden win the election. It's insane to me that I think there are still people that are like, I'd rather have Bernie Sanders lose because I agree with him more than Joe Biden. Right. And then those same people months later will be like, you have to vote. If you don't vote, it's a vote for Donald Trump. Right. And, and they don't understand that they're the same person. It's a, We should have ended on that Kanye line. That was a great, that would have been a great spot (laughs) at the podcast. (laughs) We only got a week left. We're going to be okay. Maybe. I realized a moment ago that this is the last podcast I'm putting out before the election. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll probably be, there'll probably be 15 podcasts before we know the results, but uh, yeah. It's very obvious that we're just saying, get out there, vote for Kanye. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. I don't know. He's not on that many ballots but you can still write them in okay. I listen i've always said in washington state if you're a third party if you have third party interests it's your duty to vote third party and i specifically align with every single thing kanye says down to you we need electricity the- in the air okay so, yeah <laughs> that was a real and the fact the fact they couldn't dissect that part he's like i don't know if it would work now because you know like all those other, <laughs> like cell phones and stuff and i was like you guys know about this but okay <laughs> yeah the, the first thing i thought was like so if there's like dew i can't walk out of my house because i'm gonna be it's like the electric That's chair out there he's like i don't know about <clears throat> cell phones i was like what about fucking people i don't know like <laughs> electricity goes in the air like <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna have bad reception on my phone while i'm frying in my front right. yard <laughs> i would like to talk to someone while i'm being Electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Monica. She is fantastic. Make sure to pre-order her album, Mostly Finger Guns, wherever you buy albums. Um, if you can't afford it, but you own a streaming service, make sure to listen to it there. Uh, like we talked about, I think a little bit on the podcast. She gets a little bit of a kick down from uh, from the streaming services, so so don't be shy. Stream that bad boy. Uh, we talked about Kanye West. I thought I was actually very relieved that Monica had like a very similar reaction to Kanye West on Joe Rogan's podcast to me. And then the West family has become controversial once again uh, because Kim Kardashian had her fortieth birthday party she so apparently she had a bunch of people quarantine and get covid tests and then they went to a private island and there was no social distancing and no masks and people are upset because that is what people do in 2020 is they get upset about people's lives who are completely unrelated to their lives yeah obviously we don't all have the resources to take those kinds of precautions. Uh, I don't have private island money. I know you heard that anchor ad, and it makes you think that I have private island money, but I don't have 
private island money because private islands are expensive. I guess I've never priced one to be honest with you. I don't think that's something that shows up on Zillow. Uh, I've actually, I uh, you know, I have a saved search that has a keyword private island in it. No results, unfortunately. Uh, still holding out hope that one will come along in my price range. First off, who gives a shit? Oh, people are people are upset because they don't think uh, Kanye was there, by the way. And I bet you he wasn't there. There's like uh, Kim and the people there insist that he was there, but he, he didn't show up in any of Kim's pictures. And frankly, I'm impressed with the level of mutual celebrity that Kim and Kanye have that he would even consider missing her 40th birthday. Not to say that I don't want to attend my wife's birthday or that, but I mean, it's like a, it's like a, I feel bad going to do comedy on the road and Kanye's missing 40th birthdays. Uh, Kim is in Paris. Kanye's on tour at the same time. My wife and I are struggling without like daycare. <laughs> like there's so much, these people have so much going on. Obviously a lot of resources to do it. I don't, why do we care about this? That's, I guess that's the thing that I find frustrating is, uh, or that I find stupid about the world right now is like, who cares what Kim Kardashian's doing? By the way, I have a, I have a, uh, I've had this ongoing throat issue, uh, like since I was in high school, basically. I think I just have like chronic tonsillitis is my, my self-diagnosis and I hate going to the doctor. So I, I also think it's bad to take, uh, it's bad to take antibiotics all the time, but I'm on antibiotics, uh, right now. I haven't taken antibiotics and I don't know how long it's been a long time. My throat's feeling better and, uh, Everything else in my body's feeling worse as a result. It's got some real dietary impacts. Um, I think I said this on the Kevin Dombrowski episode, but I realized at some point that I've never taken antibiotics for a fun reason up to and including I was like, but like never even a, like I got an infection because I broke my arm doing an extreme sport or something like that. I think my only antibiotics are like either strep throat or tonsillitis related. Uh, but my throat's feeling good. I was starting to get a little worried that I wouldn't, it would be hard to do, um, do stand up every night again when, uh, when it's available to me because my throat was kind of perpetually sore. So my fingers are crossed that this is the panacea, that it's the solution. Uh, the Republicans voted to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. I actually, what's the dude or the, the dude, the lady's name in Alaska Murkowski. Is it Angela Murkowski? What's your name? Mur Lisa Murkowski. Uh, Lisa Murkowski is Senator in Alaska. Uh, so she was against going through the, I actually think she has a very rational view and we do this bullshit where when we find out someone has like a slightly moderate view, we start to judge their future behavior more harshly than someone who is, uh, 
like not a moderate, that's a conservative or a liberal. Lisa Murkowski was against on on the, the grounds of not being hypocritical. She was against proceeding with the confirmation. But when it reached a point that uh, when it reached a point where it was now just like, this is inevitable. They're going to go through with the confirmation hearing. And she decided that at that point she was just going to consider qualifications and not penalize Amy Coney Barrett for the circumstances that led to this confirmation occurring at this time. I actually respect that. I respect that. Obviously the Republicans are hypocritical in, uh, in this setting. There's no doubt about it. I mean, by the way, I feel like the whole Merrick Garland thing, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but maybe it's just like, it's impossible to not be politically aware right now, but the Merrick Garland thing happened without me being mad at all. Uh, in 2016, I think it's, it's immature to treat Lisa Murkowski worse than you would treat someone who didn't have a nuanced or moderate view. We do this every time Mitt Romney doesn't hold a liberal position, right? Or Jeff Flake. We like, we've suddenly like anointed them honorary liberals and then they don't live up to our standards. By the way, I mean, can you imagine the flack the a liberal politician would face right now supporting the Republican position on this? It would be insane. They'd be kicked out of the club. First off, I think that we would want, um, we would want the Democrats. I mean, we, we wanted Obama to, to push through. Uh, not me, obviously, because I was barely aware of Merrick Garland, but um, Democrats wanted Merrick Garland pushed through uh, in an election year. So it's it's also hypocritical to want that and not understand that that's obviously what the uh, Republican Party's constituents are going to want because that's what the Democrats' constituents wanted. I don't know. Also, uh, Amy Coney Barrett's a good example of how we're like, uh, you can't have an opinion on on women's reproductive rights unless you're a woman. And then she is a woman. And it's like, oh, well, she disagrees. So what it actually is is you just can't have... <laughs> you can't have the conservative viewpoint, which means that you've started the whole thing on a false premise, and this is why people don't change their minds. Because you don't actually have these criteria that you these like righteous criteria that you purport to have. And by you, I don't mean you, but I mean, uh, the imaginary internet mob coming after, um, you know, uh, a dude in my demographic for sure. Uh, 
I am not a popular demographic among people who uh, believe identity is the most important thing until that identity disagrees with them and then their their ideals are the most important thing. It's like uh, Kanye West is not a conservative. He's got like, he's pretty much a moderate with like conservative views uh, on some things and liberal views on most things. And the the most conservative view he has is, I don't know if he officially said he's pro-choice, but he's basically, or sorry, pro-life, but he's basically pro-life. Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do we got? I I actually, I printed out the article. For what reason? I don't know. I was like, I'm going to highlight some things that I'm going to include. I would have liked to see him sign with the Seahawks. I'm not one of these people. What I don't understand is, this is the other thing too, by the way, that we do is we go, so he's, he has no, uh, I don't think he's facing criminal charges. There was a complaint made against him accusing him of sexual assault, but I don't know if it ever got formalized. And one of the things that that I find hypocritical also is we will say stuff like um, black men get treated unfairly by the justice system. And then as soon as that man is famous or he's prominent, we don't view him as a black man anymore. We view him as a famous person. And we go, well, we don't care if he's hasn't received uh, a fair trial on this thing. We just want him. He just never gets to play again for some people. Or he's too big of a distraction or whatever. I don't know what Antonio Brown did. I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. I know that if the league is clearing him and the league is, I mean, people, there's certainly people that know more than I do. I don't think that necessarily being accused of a crime is enough for me to say you can't perform in your chosen profession anymore. And obviously the, his ability, by the way, he's, it's a, if you go look at his statistics, he has started his career as well as Jerry Rice. I think better than Jerry Rice started his career because Jerry Rice had a crazy stretch from like 30 to 38 or something like that. Antonio Brown's been amazing. Um, so he reunites after playing one game, I believe, with Tom Brady in 2019. He reunites with Tom Brady. That'll be interesting. And then finally, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, Crystal Kung Minkoff. Maybe that's pronounced wrong. Kung? Maybe it's Kung. Kong? I'm not good with uh, Asian name pronunciations. But she is becoming the first real housewife who is an Asian American. And I have to say, (laughs) the article that I read that brought it up made it seem like she is the 
Jackie Robinson of the Housewives. But that's really, that is a, a complicated, is, I don't think that's good news for a group of people to have your first housewife. And also, just because she's the first Asian American housewife, it's garbage TV. She's not the first Asian American garbage. We had Tila Tequila already. Breaking the color barrier, or the, the continental barrier, the continent of origin barrier. I don't know how to say this. On the worst programming on TV, I don't think that's something we should be celebrating. All right. Uh, I'm tired. I'm sick of... Uh, Oh, I feel like even though we have more time than we've ever had, I feel like I'm getting nothing done and I have no time to do anything and I sleep less and I sleep worse. And so I'm tired. So I'm going to, I'm going to end the podcast there on that bright note. Thank you for listening. Um, check out the Patreon patreon.com slash the Casey McLean. Come see me do stand-up comedy when it's available. And uh, thank you once again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.